Thanks very much. That's a great welcome. I really appreciate it. It's very encouraging, actually. Um, about the declarations, there is one line in there that I do have difficulty with, and it's where it says, heaven opened and earth invaded, because the next thing that pops into my mind is, by aliens. <laughs> so, so I'm sorry if I've spoiled that for you now. Um, And I was, it's really great to hear that your testimony this morning, uh, uh, Trish, about how God has worked in your life and that despite some other things going on still, and you've had a massive answer to a big part of it, and, and you're still trusting in him, trusting in him, and though, you know, it's difficult, there's no understanding of, well, why isn't it all sorted out? You're, you know, you're holding on to God, and you know that he is for you. Yeah, that's great. So I'm going to talk about the blood, not Jesus' blood, it's about my blood. Um, so it's a, it's a testimony really. So from since I was about seven years old, there have been elements of the clotting system in my body that hasn't worked well. And there's about ten different things that haven't worked. Um, and that's been throughout my life. Um, even up to last last year, so all the readings come back, and they're, they, it, they I should be bleeding to death. It's like like a haemophilia thing, but it's not haemophilia. And the doctors over that thirty something years have um, I have not been able to put a handle on what it is. They can't name it, so it's a bit of a mystery, which happens quite a lot in medicine. We all want to know what it is, don't we? so we can hopefully be part of the process of putting it right. Well, it meant that every time I had, um, had to have teeth out or an operation, I had to go to a London hospital where they could, could manage um, uh, the sort of bleeding thing. But the last time, which is about 20 years ago, I was part of the church then as well. Was it 20 years ago? No. It must have been something like 97, 98. I went for an operation and it was to a London hospital. And when I woke up, I was on the intensive care unit, which I hadn't been expecting. Um, and I, I immediately knew they hadn't done the operation because I didn't hurt at all, uh, and nothing was sore. But it was they, in the very early stages of the operation, they, they, they stopped it. And they, before the operation, they'd given me platelets and other um, blood products to kind of make sure that it didn't, this bleeding didn't happen. Anyway. I survived uh, to live <laughs> and, and tell the tale today. But So about a year ago, one of my teeth was found to be falling out, and it wouldn't fall out, I wish it had, and they had to uh, pull it out. They wouldn't do it at the dentist, they wouldn't do it at Broomfield, so I had to go to the London Hospital again. But before uh, they would do it, I had to have a, all these blood screens again. And um, the upshot of it was, I was about... Three months, four months ago, I was sitting with a haematologist in the Royal London Hospital, and doing the job that I do, I now understand some of the, the results and how they interlink with each other, um, and that just having one test go wrong doesn't mean that you're, you're ill necessarily, but if you have lots of them, then, then yes. But anyway, to cut a long story short, all of the factors in my blood, bar one, were perfect. And I'd never seen that, and the doctors had never seen that before over all the years. So 
there's that kind of, thank you, God. That's amazing. All the years, most of the years of my life, I've had that where this, this clotting problem, and now there's just this one thing. And um, I don't understand why all of it. It would be a great, that would have been a better testimony, perhaps. <laughs> but, you know, you've, I, I said to the doctor, you know, this, this is a miracle because it's, it's you know, been, uh, it's been all these years of my life. And, you know, he nodded sagely. And, um, and that was that. Anyway, I, I had these two teeth out last week and uh, I didn't bleed. And I was in and out uh, of the hospital in about half an hour. And I haven't bled all week. And so thank you, God. That's great. So my point is, though there's one thing not fixed, God has fixed the rest. I don't understand why the other thing wasn't fixed, but that doesn't matter really because God is still good. Um, okay, so I really wanted to talk to you about one of my favourite topics. I, I wanted, I've always wanted it to be part of my life because uh, it, it works so well with people, and that's um, encouragement. And if you look in your Bible, there's a lot of references to us as sons and daughters to be encouragers. So 2 Corinthians 13 to 11. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind, live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Encourage one another. 1 Thessalonians 4, 18. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And it goes on. 1 Thessalonians 5:11. Therefore, encourage one another to build each other up, just in fact, as you're doing. Hebrews 3:13. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you will be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So it's a reason for encouraging, so that you won't be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Hebrews 10:23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir one another up in love, to love actually, and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another as all the more, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Hebrews 10:24. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. So something to think about. We have to consider how can we do that for one another? How can we do that for ourselves? Uh, 10.25, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. I think I've read that one already. Oh, well. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Um, Back in Proverbs as well, there's uh, something that alludes to encouraging uh, Proverbs 27:17. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. But one of my favourites is this. It doesn't use the word encourage, but it's where we can find a, a source of encouragement for other people and for ourselves. Philippians 4:8. Finally, brothers and sisters. Whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, 
if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What could be better than that? To have our minds on those things rather than the things that bring us down, rather than the things that bring us to a place where we can be cynical. My hands are shaking. Now, that's either adrenaline, which is making my muscles quiver, or it's the Holy Spirit. So we either see some manifestations, or I'll start fighting you or run away. (laughs) Which one would you prefer? (laughs) Fight, fight. Everyone outside. Okay, uh, so I want to talk to you about encouragement and also being in a place of discouragement. As I think all of us have probably got great figures in our life, even in our childhood, our, maybe a teacher, Paul Leverett, <laughs> and others, um, and, um, or in our adult work life or within church. And one of them in mine is uh, a guy I've worked with for a very long time. I think it's 17 years. And, yeah, he's a great man. Uh, He's been a mentor and even, I'd say, a father figure. He was my boss for probably about 10 years. But over the last seven, uh, we've worked together still closely. Um, When I was a... I'm a nurse, by the way, if you didn't know. I worked on uh, wards for a while. And uh, the pressure on working on a ward as a nurse is immense. And um, so after a number of years, I think I was the, the charge nurse. And I thought, I need a break from this. So um, this guy, let's call him Bob, he, uh, he asked me to do some research with him. So it was like seven months out of the ward and then go back to the ward. I thought that was perfect. I'd learned something new. And then I could get back to my normal job, but the, the work that we did was so successful we got more work in, and, and that's continued ever since, really. Um, but it's a sort of, he, he, what he did was he always put me forward and put me first rather than him um, in, uh, he'd, he'd make me do things that perhaps I didn't want to do, but it's been great for my career and it would be great for anyone else's. Um, if you have that person in your life who will make you make the extra step that you might be fearful about. So public speaking, um, he made me uh, speak at a uh, conference in London with a, about this piece of research, the first one we did. And because we didn't have certain figures down with, with, with us to hand, um, I got really uh, told off about that from the professors and doctors who were, who were looking. They said, oh, you really need to bring these things. That's not serious. And it was really quite very discouraging, very embarrassing as well. Um, but that was just one thing. And the second time, he got me to present this thing where all of these... Uh, there were a number of doctors and myself, and we were working on some asthma project, and he made sure that I was the one who was going to have the first authorship, and that's kind of like... for the, the, It's like the person who writes most of it or has to have the most involvement. Um, the person at the end is really the most important because that means that they're... They look after the department, so they're very important. So I was the first author, which is the 
Anyway, it was a great thing to be, you know, have my name published, and, and I had, then I had to go to Toronto to present the research. And you know, from working on awards to be doing that sort of thing, I never thought I'd find myself in that position. But he, um, you know, he, such a great guy. He'd, uh, yeah, he'd introduced me, like saying, that, yeah, here's Andrew, who's, you know, he's, his work's really good, and he's the heart of the department. I wasn't really. <laughs> I'm not putting myself down saying that, but I wasn't. You know, we walked, worked together as a team, but he was very generous. Um, and he came to my wedding, and uh, I mentioned him in the, in the speech uh, because he was in such an influence on me. Um, I mentioned him in the speech in a good way, <laughs> not a bad way, of course. So a long, very close relationship with someone who supports you well and speaks well of you. But last year, things changed, and um, so from support and appreciation, um, everything slipped completely opposite way. So I was getting a lot of discouragement from him, from Bob, and he'd, he'd questioned my work and how much I was doing, or rather how much I wasn't doing. Um, would go to my manager and say things that weren't actually true about that I'd missed some clinics and I wasn't doing as much as I should do. Um, obviously, I had the details that I, I could show my boss to say, look, I've done extra clinics, not less, I've done more. So, but it's, it was that sort of thing. And the relationship, unfortunately, is really broken down. Um, I, I was um, off work in September for a couple of weeks. Uh, I nearly had a, mental, uh, a breakdown through, the, through the, the feelings that I was having about work but um, particularly about how this father figure had turned against me. Um, but I met with um, some people in the congregation now, and uh, people prayed for me. Uh, I took some medicines and uh, managed to go back to work after a couple of weeks. Uh, and things for me now are a lot better. I mean, the relationship is still, well, it's broken, and we've, I think both of us have tried, made steps towards each other, but you can tell it's different, it's never going to be the same, and that's just so sad. Um, and that was last year, and also I, her I had a herniated disc, um, uh, so I was off work for a couple of weeks, and uh, in, in, in agony, and I'm still taking medicines for that, though it's, it's a lot better. Um, so, yeah. So, how do you keep faith in that circumstance? How do you stop yourself from going right down? And I, I must admit, I, I really did feel low. And I remember lying awake at night and saying, God, I really need you. Of course, I know that God is really with me all the time. But I want to hear your voice, I want to feel your touch. And, um, but there was this tremendous anxiety about work there. But sometimes it is, I think, you, you have to just hang on with God. When all our feelings are, tell, are telling us, you know, it's all, it's all going wrong, I, you know, I, can't, I can't live like this, I can't stand another day like this. Um, and we may feel or find that God is silent. But of course, he's, he's not. He's, he's loving you all through that. And I don't know why it is that sometimes we feel like that, that way and God doesn't just go, Ding, it's all right, <laughs> and, and make you feel lovely. That can happen. Um, 
but sometimes it is about encouraging ourselves first. Um, and I think things that can help with that are um, declaring the truth about who we are and who God is. And I wonder if, can anyone shout some stuff out about like, like that? About what would you call, what would you shout, what would you declare over yourself um, that is true about you? That would be helpful. Has anyone got any? Uh... Love. Oh, I'm loved, yeah. All right. I've been. Yeah. There's no condemnation. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. Yeah. Yeah. And that changes the atmosphere internally. Uh, and when people pray with you, um, that changes the atmosphere internally as well. And it changes things. The key thing is, though, that it's that trusting God. If we don't trust God, then we have doubts. And maybe it, he, he doesn't mean it for, my, to, for me. Uh, but he does, each one in, of you in here. Each person who is saved or unsaved, you know, God feels so much love for them and wants them to be in a great place. So we can encourage uh, ourselves, we can encourage each other as well. Uh, one, of the, one of the themes that goes along with encouragement is thinking and speaking well of one another. So you don't go to the, oh, him, yeah, I remember. He, uh, he really offended me. And, and, and looking at the, oh, I've got a lovely quote. It's, yes. Um, this sums it up. Water the flowers you want to see grow rather than the feeding the weeds. So water the flowers you want to see grow rather than feeding the weeds. By noticing in people and calling out the gold, the good stuff, we're much more likely uh, to see more good stuff in them. Uh, partly we're changing inside because of the way we're looking at people, but also you will, you will see it more readily. Um, but if you're just looking for rubbish or um, ways to criticize people, then that's what you're going to see. And I don't really want that re- reality. We, you know, there's, there's a lot of we can be gracious towards one another. You know, if people have hurt us, then it is best to um, speak with them about it, be open and honest. And we're finding as a, uh, an eldership team, a leadership team, that can be a really painful process, but we're doing it, and it is good. It is a good thing to do. Uh, it, all, it all comes into this uh, thing of disunity as well. Um, disunity is what the enemy uh, uses uh, to tear down what we're building with God right now uh, through the people in this part of the church. So who should you encourage? Husbands and wives? Notice the good things about each other. You know, you can just 
come to this place in marriage where, or any relationship, where you're there all the time and you might not notice new things and you don't say the compliments that you used to all those, all those years ago. So if, I mean, Sarah's upstairs in sparklers at the moment, but if she was here, uh, I would say to her, you know, there's many, many things I love about you, Sarah, but one of the, one of the best things is that uh, you really make me laugh. Uh, I like to laugh. The fact that you're northern makes me laugh. <laughs> but I guess you couldn't help that. <laughs> but, you know, but, yeah, husbands and wives, say, say those things that you haven't said for years or for months. Uh, appreciate one another. But also, f you know, friends, build each other up. Uh, tell, them, uh, tell them that, you know, pray for them. And then God is bound to tell you something about some of your friends, if you're thinking of them. Uh, and you can give them that, that verse from the Bible or the words that God says to you. Um, I don't feel, well, I do feel a little bit awkward about saying this. I shouldn't because it's in the Bible, okay? It says about encouraging the leaders of the church, so encouraging the elders. Uh, we went through a period a couple of years ago where we got a lot of discouragement um, and that was really hard but to get encouragement is fabulous uh, I think you know particularly Pete and Leo who are doing the job full-time and holding all of that um, it, you know you don't know what 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 Pete has to deal with and here uh, you're doing a good job yeah and we love you <laughs> so to, to just to finish um, I just want to leave you with this quote which is water the flowers you want to see grow rather than feeding the weeds see the good in people see the gold in people we're made in the image of God aren't we let's see the good stuff and encourage one another you're a great bunch of people I love being part of this church and I've never enjoyed it more than, than now in this time when we are starting to see so much in terms of spiritual things changing and God, we know, we know God has something new for us. Uh, it will happen. Thank you very much. Thanks.